Hi everyone, I have the privilege and honor to have back again my friend and mentor, Mr. Christian Trudeau. How are you doing, sir? Hey, very well, you? Uh, thank you for the invitation, by the way. Actually, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, Mr. Trudeau, you're <laughs> a friend and a, a mentor, but to summarize, you were the, the person who led the uh, decision of the stock market of Montreal in the 80s to the new era of digitization. Then you went on to to Belcada and you opened up the uh, the electronic payment as we were talking about TCP IP. And then you move on to so many other endeavors. We like to present yourself. Okay, yeah, quickly. So I'm a computer guy, uh, as you probably know already, you back. uh, I started uh, my career at the Montreal Stock Exchange. As you mentioned earlier, I spent uh, 14 years over there uh, developing uh, most of the systems. I, I was I was there really at the beginning, so uh, I was uh, in charge of implementing uh, most of the systems that uh, even are running today. I put in place uh, the the automatization of the stock exchange. So we developed uh, very sophisticated trading systems at that time. We also developed software for many uh, exchanges around the world, like such as Amsterdam, uh, Sydney in Australia, Boston, London, uh, Vancouver, and so on. Then I moved to Bel Canada, uh, and there I, uh, I was specialized in uh, electronic payment systems and also in security systems. So the, both together, it was the, the perfect combination uh, of e-commerce. So I started a division called Bell Emerges that became BC Emerges. Uh, became a public company, so that was quite a venture for me. Uh, I uh, I spent six years there. We, you know, grow that company from almost nothing at the beginning. We made like 20 different acquisitions uh, across uh, North America. Uh, at the end, you know, after a few years, it was like 3,000 people. We grow that to 800 million dollars. So quite a quite a big company. One of the three uh, e-commerce players uh, in North America, one of the three largest ones. Then I uh, started another company called Centria. Centria was uh, e-commerce for the building industry, for the builders. I spent five years there. Then I started a division uh, for Transcontinental called Transcontinental Interactive. And that one was the, we, the mandate was to put in place the digital marketing offering of Transcontinental. So it was really the beginning of data analytics, uh, and, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, and, uh, you know, uh, analyzes, uh, analyzing behaviors on uh, social networks. Uh, we were quite at the beginning in 2009 when we started to do that. Today, it's part of our lives. We receive publicity, you know, when you go on a website, then you go on your Facebook page, you receive a publicity of the web page that you visited. But uh, we started that in 2009. So I spent three years and a half there. Then I, uh, I, I started a company that had nothing to do with my computer science background, it was called Hermesic. So at that point in 2012, I wanted to do something very different. And at the end of the day, I wanted to also uh, to to save lives uh, was something that was uh, quite attractive for me. And I decided to start that with two other guys. So Hermesic, it was what was very special was to start something which is not in your area. 
uh, it's not your expertise. It was not uh, like a, a computer-oriented uh, business. I was, uh, you know, I had to hire uh, helicopter pilot, uh, airplane pilot, physicians, uh, paramedics, nurses, uh, quite a different uh, scope of, uh, of expertise. So I had a lot of fun uh, during those uh, three years and a half and uh, to put in place that uh, infrastructure that's still uh, in operation in Quebec. Then in 2015, I started Optimista. Optimista, where, uh, where I am today, it's uh, Optimista is to help uh, entrepreneurs basically in the IT sector, but not only in the IT sector, uh, to, to help entrepreneurs with their business plans. I uh, give them advice when I can, but also at the end of the day to help them find money, find the money that they need to execute their business plans. So that's basically what I'm doing. And uh, I call my... Uh, Company Optimista, because I think uh, it's a nice word. It's part of my uh, values. It's part of myself, my blood. I'm an optimistic. I'm a positive guy. And uh, that's why I call the company Optimista. And you know that company back. So that, that's what I'm doing today. Long story, but uh, I've, tr I've tried to be short. <laughs> I listened to you. I thought I was active. And it just exhausting to just listen to wow what did this and this and this. it's how do you keep ahead of the curve every single time because every time you mention something you were there at the beginning it or even before the wave how do you manage to always stay ahead of the curve well, i mean uh, it's a tough question to answer uh, i think uh, when you project in the future what will be the future you know when i was uh, when i started this emerges I knew because of the internet was starting in the early 90s, I knew that one day we would pay our bills, Hydro-Quebec bills, you know, uh, any other bills, uh, you know, telephone bills, by internet eventually. That, and, uh, but we were ahead of time uh, at that time. But, uh, so I think when you understand what computers can do, you can imagine a lot of things that will be done eventually, maybe in the future, maybe. Sometimes uh, the technology is ready, but the market is not ready. The, the potential customers are not there yet in their mind. But uh, we, I think I was, I was not bad at that. I was good at thinking about how the future could be with technology. But technology can do more than we can imagine. Like, uh, you know, today we look at the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 crisis. I think um, with tech, in investing more in technology in the future, we can prevent a lot of, uh, not prevent the pandemic, but uh, we can be a lot more efficient moving forward when the next crisis will happen. So that's my thinking. That was my question to you, but you, you get the if you take that ability to see ahead and to foresee the future, what do you think, what kind of technology can protect us from a next crisis like this? Well, I think I talked about it, uh, you know, in the past few days about that question specifically, but I think something that was lacking over the last uh, 20, 30 years was the investment in, in R&D, in research and development. We always assume that the worst won't happen, but now it's not the worst, but it's a major crisis. But uh, we, you know, like a big, uh, like the U.S. government or any other power governments in the in the world, they invest a lot in uh, in, the, in their army, but they don't invest. They don't invest 
in technology enough or in, in technology that would prevent something like that. Uh, how to uh, come with the vaccines faster? How to come with the, those protections that are missing every day? Can you imagine that in, two, in 2020, we're talking every day about uh, we're missing masks, we're missing this, we're missing that, we're missing uh, air pumps, we're missing so many things, but sh you know, we should not be in that kind of situation. So in the future, we should, I think the technology has to be, we, we need to analyze more uh, the environment around us to, to, to be more ready in the, in the future. I have to ask, but if you think that 3D printer will be a solution in the, the future, does mean that we cannot produce and stock, but let's say that we can just print them as we need them. You think that will be the future? Uh, I think it's part of the future, but 3D printing will be used mainly for solid, solid, uh, solid uh, stuff. You know, uh, well, for the mask, I'm not sure. You know, but uh, you can print the table. You can print, uh, uh, you know, a chair. Eventually, that will be possible. And uh, but to pr but not everything. Not not everything. It, this is going to take time. But in the short. In the, in the short term, no. I don't think 3D, uh, 3D has a long way to go before it becomes part of our lives. I think. So we invest in Zoom first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we I would say 10 to 20 years before we see efficient 3D printing. Uh, but you know, uh, you mentioned that, but uh, on March, on the, the planet March, they, they will uh, send 3D printers to print the, the next, uh, uh, station, you know, the the, spa, the, spa, the spatial station will be built by 3D printers, but it's not tomorrow that this will happen, but in 10, 20, 30 years. Now, I have to ask, you know, having that experience, and I, I, I'm, I'm pleased myself to say that I'm learning with you, and your past is my future, literally. <laughs> but, and then if, if I could do this, that would be a big step up from where I am. But every time you try to implement change, you have, there's a lot of resistance yeah. and you have encountered that for your whole career because every time you were ahead of the curve. So how do you think that we can learn from this crisis to avoid uh, resistance as we're going to tr just try to, to be creative and to, to put on new solution? You know, um, for me, uh, you know, it's a good question. And I, I faced, I faced implementations of uh, so many systems in my life. I can tell you that there's only one way that you can be successful, but you have many. You, of course, you need the basic stuff, which is a good project plan, a good, uh, good people to execute the plan, etc. But uh, to implement the change. But the main thing is to involve everybody. Involve everybody. You know, uh, when I developed the training system uh, for the Montreal Stock Exchange, when I led that big project, I involved everybody. Everybody. My, my assistant was involved, the, the traders on the floor were involved, uh, the, the, the clerks that are, were going to operate the systems were involved, the board members, were involved. everybody has to be involved. So when you involve everybody, but the right people, of course, but everybody with a you no-level know, distinction, you, uh, for sure it's going to work. So that, that, that's my vision of implementing major changes. And in the future, uh, Today is the same thing. If you involve people, it's going to work. Like uh, what they do right now, you know, um, on TV every day, François Legault, he, communication is key. So he communicates, communicates. 
he's very transparent. He's not facing, you know, uh, he's not facing uh, good things every day. It's not always easy. And especially over the last two weeks, uh, he had uh, some issues. But, I mean, the fact that he communicates all the time, transparent, he admits errors, uh, that's good. So I think in implementing big change in the future, uh, that, that's, that's, what, that's always a principle that existed in the past. Involve people and communicate. Well, what you're saying is transparency will be the key. You have to keep people involved and you have to recognize your mistake as you go forward. Absolutely. And you know, uh, in the future, after the crisis, and by the prior the crisis, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stem for another 12 months, but uh, I think uh, people need to, more, to work more as a team, more in cooperation uh, instead of competition. Of course, we need to compete. We are in the capitalist system, but I think we realize today that the capitalist system was fragile because it's the government is taking over everything right now. The government decides for everything. So we are moving, you know, I hate to say that, we're, we're not moving into a socialist system, but it's a mix of both right now that we're facing. But when there's a major crisis, we see that the capitalist system right now, it doesn't work. So the socialist system, the, the, the fact that people have to work together like a one team, all the businesses together, like what you do back with the other dentists all around the world, you're trying to find solutions with your competitors right now. But I'm not sure you would have done that six months ago. So today we, we need to complement each other to work as a team and locally. Now we understand that because we're different countries around the world, we close the borders when we have a major issue, especially a virus, where everybody was afraid to transmit the virus from one country to another. But when you close the borders, now you have to be independent. And now we realize that ah, who's producing the mask? Is it, they're produced in China, where the, the, the pumps were produced in US, the, the, the drugs. 90% of the drugs on earth comes from US. And now at, the, at one point, you, you don't know which leaders are in place all the time and uh, so in the future i think the technology and every, the, the way we're gonna have we, locally you know in inside the, our country inside of quebec we're gonna we're gonna be more complementary we need to work together what you're saying is dangerous because you'll be reversing the trend that we've been globalizing a market and now it's if you're talking about locally it's is that uh is that going to be a trend, training up of protectionists? Well, I don't think so. I don't think it's conflictual. I think globalization will stay. Globalization will continue. But it's a new, it's a new stage of globalization. So I think uh, our businesses, you know, here in, uh, in Quebec or in Canada, they need to survive to export their goods to they need, because some, many are international, they have international customers. They will continue to do that. But what, I'm, what I think will change is that locally governments will make sure, and I think that's the, what the Quebec government is doing right now, they will make sure that we can produce the essential goods for survival moving forward. Doesn't mean that we'll not export our products or import other products. I think we'll need, uh, we, 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 we will need to, to to work, uh, you know, among ourselves uh, between the countries. But eventually, the, 
borders should 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 disappear to you know in the perfect world in the in the future you know when you look at that pandemic it's across the world the world the, the planet and uh, it's in every country so now you realize you're, you're like one country everybody is doing the same thing everybody is staying at home everybody has the same measures it's just it's uh, it's unbelievable today we realize that we're not one country we're like one planet we're all living at the same place we're very small now uh, so globalization it's a term that eventually should disappear because we should see ourselves like all living in this in the same country i have to take the opportunity because uh, you know you are about one of the veteran manager and leader that i know and you have led more than 300 people at once in, in the company and you know how to to manage uh the talents and the skills what do you think and i'm not saying that we we criticize anybody but what do you think that so many smart people have been put aside in this crisis and that just like you and i have been put on pause while well, we could have done something or we could have been uh, more useful into this crisis um would you done things differently if you were in power uh no i think um, we're lucky to have uh, at the head of quebec uh, former business people most of the core team you know uh, if you look at the uh, by François Legault, that's the guy that created uh, Air Transat, Pierre Fitzgibbon, and not many others. Are, they have a, a lot of business experience, and I think we can see that right now. So if I would have done things differently, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're the best thing that we can have right now to do to, to, to manage that crisis. So to pretend that I can do better, no, I don't think so. But I think... Um, I think uh, well, what they're trying to do, and uh, they're, they're trying to get the best expertise from all over the place, but it's not always easy. You know, they have to react quickly. It's a major crisis. It, it started only March 13, if you want, or March 6, 7. You know, it started uh, in March. We're only at the end of April, so it's only like in two months. Uh, and I think moving forward, they will, uh, they will ask uh, the leaders, uh, well, you know, their help. But uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think uh, I can do things differently. I think I have done a good job from my point of view. Thank you for your honesty. Um, now, what would be your fix to this crisis? Going forward, what would be your fix? If this one. What do you mean with, by your? What would you fix it? How, how would you think that we can solve most of the issues that have, brought, have been brought into light uh, going forward? How would you solve this? Is, is there any technology? Is, is there any specific things that can help us through this crisis? Um, right now, you know, like that, I'm not sure I see something magic that can fix the crisis, but uh, I think um, that's something sure is that that crisis would have changed our lives forever. Uh, the way we're acting right now, like you and I back are in are in virtual uh, we are in a virtual interview in two different places that uh, will become an habit that will stay even when we're not contagious and you know and we can be together we will work differently we will work more and more in a virtual world and technology is key to that without the technology today we would not be able to talk to you and i without the technology evolution uh, 
physician would not be able to to help patients uh, remotely right now. And uh, so um, uh, I think uh, we're we're discovering a new way of working right now. We're gonna work more from home, from our houses, from from the office, from all over the world. And we are demonstrating right now that we are not in the obligation to go in a big tower all, and be all together on different floors. I think now the big companies uh, like the banks and others will will uh, will change the way they, they do things. So uh, no, I don't have the secret uh, sauce of uh, well, how should. should <laughs> You're too modest. You're way too modest, Mr. Shugo. Um, and looking forward, you know that there's many entrepreneurs watching us. Hey, any opportunity that you might see for the innovators and the entrepreneurs out there to listen to us today? Yeah, I think that crisis, that crisis brings a, a lot of new potential opportunities. So we need, to, we, we, we need to look at the environment, what's happening right now. Like, for instance, if I take an example, everything that is related to the environment will change. So many, many opportunities for entrepreneurs to develop new things. Now it's going to be more important than ever. Uh, just an example, the, the, the gasoline. You know, we market is going down right now, as you know. No, we, we, you don't buy uh, gas for your car right now. Huh? You don't travel that so that industry is changing and now like in Alberta they're facing a major crisis right now they won't they won't be able to 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 go through that crisis and uh, it was like probably the richest province of Canada two months ago and maybe in two months it's going to be the poorest you know province in Canada because of uh, that dependency on gasoline and that on something that is not good for the environment so I think the environment, uh, th that crisis uh, forced us to think about uh, that, but also about how we can survive, how we can develop uh, proactively more uh, tools to face a pandemic like that. You know, until it happened two months, three, two, three months ago, when it was in China, we were watching TV and when we, we all thought that it would not come here in Canada. Huh? But now it, it arrived and now it's all over the place. It's, it's, an, it's across the planet. Uh, but we never thought it would happen something like that. Now, now we know it's going to happen again. So now we, because it's going to happen again, we need to develop everything that will be necessary to face it more effective, more efficiently. You really think so that this will happen again within our lifetime? Well, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. It could be, you know, I think it's possible. I think we need to to look at how it was generated. I think we need, we need to look more at the way we, you know, the hygiene uh, and we, uh, the, the health measures and uh, that are in, in all the countries where it come from. We, we, we need to look at it globally. You know, we you talked about globalization. We, you have many countries around the world that are not uh, that don't, don't have the same same health uh, habits than, than we have, and that's an issue for me. I think we need to 
to, to help each other, like in Africa, in Asia, in, in South America, whatever. The, the poor countries of this world needs more money to be more in help, etc. And we will face less pandemic if we do that. That's my point. Mindy, what you're saying is the age of complacency and uh, of just thinking that we're okay and things won't change, that age is over. Now it is a time to be creative and to, to always adapt to the new. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the companies that, will, that, that uh, will be able to adapt their production, their systems, their technology, Uh, faster in the future will face pandemic like you know uh, I mentioned that to you uh, last week uh, and uh, CAE CA Electronic which is a big Montreal based company that develop uh, simulators you know flight simulators for pilots they don't do that anymore right now they have changed the production to develop those air pumps that we need in the hospitals So they, they have done that with a bunch of good engineers in two weeks, and now they're producing that. They're producing something new in a few weeks. So that's the proof, that's how we, we should see the future. To, to not, we need to, to think about all those things. You know, so many entrepreneurs, we talked about a few uh, businesses this morning in another meeting I have that were like the star in Montreal and uh, a name but I have one in mind uh, and um, now they're in trouble they're looking for money but I'm not sure they're gonna go through, they're, they're gonna pass that crisis but before that it's they're related to the the flight industry okay which was uh, they had no issues a month ago two months ago now and uh, there's no plane there's no plane in the air so everything that is related to that specific industry are in trouble so all the suppliers of a specific industry that is in trouble like the the air industry or the airplane industry but they have to adapt themselves to do something it's for other industries that uh, are still uh, operating so what you're saying is we have to stay humble and flexible because we never know what's going to hit us and this absolutely is more than even the the people from hollywood could have imagined nobody yeah. would say that everything will be put on pause for two months <laughs> absolutely and, and you know today We realize the importance of uh, not trying to be to capitalism, but uh, we we can you know it's good we can all we are the hope to make more money etc. But I think uh, now we realize that health pass first. Health is more important than money, so we need to create wealth around us, and we need to have uh, you know be in shape to live longer have fun and uh, that's going to be more important than ever now we realize it you know we realize that uh, we you can be rich or poor whatever but you can go through uh, you you can get the virus and uh, and and have, and have issues with that thank you so much for being so honest being so generous with your time but also with uh, the way you see life because i know that People like you don't like to, to, be, to expose themselves this much. And I really appreciate that you're taking the time to do this with me. I usually finish my interview with um, a message of hope. So what will be your message of hope for our society through this crisis? But I think uh, we need to be positive, optimistic. Uh, it's going to take uh, 
few months, maybe a year before we get to the end of that crisis. So we, um, you know, I think we need to help each other, work together, and think, think as a as a whole a community. We need to. Uh, so my message of hope is that I think everything will be fine. It's gonna work. We have the best people to manage that crisis. We have a lot of technologies to help us. So my that's my message. Everything will be fine. <laughs> it's already fine. And for, for, for those who just joined, you have to understand that this is a man walking his talk. While he was, about a year ago, he was mentoring me and the way he went for me, he said, okay, let's write a book together. That was my idea. His idea was, okay, this book will be, you're gonna write about human factor. I'm a businessman. I'm trying to build up a new economic model. And the way he taught me was, okay, let's put, let's bring this to the human level of things. And if you can do this, you might succeed. And a year later, how true was it? Because I can tell you that my industry faced one of the biggest crises this out there. Because you know that we're saying that half of the small business will disappear. We're looking at an industry made up of 85% of small business and we're yeah. all running small hospital. And so I think that those people who will be moving forward are those people with um, a genuine care for people at heart. And the other one, unfortunately, if they still look at the belly button, they will not survive this crisis and we can see this coming. So I have to say in front of everybody, thank you so much for prepared me for this thing. <laughs> I never have believed you if you tell me that this will happen. But and you know, and you know, back. I have two things. Where in my conclusion, I would I would like to say. First is that uh, everybody will survive. Maybe many small businesses will disappear in the next few weeks, next few months. But people will survive, and those entrepreneurs that will uh, maybe their businesses will, will, won't survive but they will survive and they will start other businesses. So for me, it's not an issue because entrepreneur, they always have ideas. So, and you know, they learn from mistakes and they learn how to adapt themselves. So businesses, maybe some won't survive, but the people will survive, the, the entrepreneurs will survive and they will do something else. And secondly, the, it's not a technology that will change the world, but it's the behaviors. So technology is only there to help so when you don't use the technology the right way nothing works so it's i think what we're see right now is the behaviors are changing and that's what's most important for me what would change the world is your behavior this is the mm -hmm. word of wisdom from mr christian trudeau mr trudeau thank you so much for being with us i hope that you'll be coming back and we're coming back talking about how we can build our new economy not save it <laughs> Thank you for inviting me.